trial and error, like the the yeast is very finicky. You got to get the balance of the of of everything just right uh, in order to get a good loaf of bread. It's like there's a there's kind of a reason why letting the professionals at the bakery do it for you became so popular because it is it's hard to do well. Um, but I stuck with it, kind of like I'm sticking with comedy. Now, how long does this bread keep for? Because this is really moist. I had to take a bite just so I had something to be able yeah. to say about it. Really moist, really good. I see what um, Christine was saying. It's like, yeah, this is just okay. It's awesome. It, it only keeps for a week. Like after after two days, it's it's pretty dry, and then like on day six or seven, it turns moldy. Right. So that that's like a good measure of like knowing the quality of your bread is like how quick does it turn moldy? You mean how much preservatives mm -hmm. it does not have in that's it? Right. Yes. That's right. <laughs> yeah. How much crap is not just bread? You know, like flour, whey, and oats or whatever you got going yeah. on in it. So this is much better flavor. Uh, it does. It does. It has great flavor. And it, like I said, it, you could have gave me this, and I would have said, "Wow, well, what kind of bread did you? Where did you buy this? Or yeah. where did you get this? Wow, this is good stuff." I would have definitely would have. I would have questioned, questioned the bread. <laughs> yeah, nice toast. Why don't you get this? It's <laughs> almost a shame to toast it. It tastes Almost. good toasted, too. It tastes good toasted, too. Yeah. <laughs> Have it anyway. <laughs> Take it anyway. Eat bread. We love bread. I'm 100% gluten. I love it, too. Myself. I'm just gluten from head to toe. <laughs> <laughs> If you, if wow, you can take it, I love just it. just growled. <laughs> you guys hear that out there in Radio yeah. Land? Yeah. Oh, man. The, hey, in stepping room. into the studios. Hi, Mike. Like a drowned rat, it's Mike Spiegelman, everybody. Oh, <laughs> so he's coming in, boy. Oh, man. poor guy. In the um, he's going to come in with the weather report later today. <laughs> he even has it's an looking umbrella. partially Holy outside. <laughs> <laughs> so that's good. Um, and we're getting close to the top of the hour. We're going to roll over the commercial break. Why? They're not paying me to pay their, do the commercials. Fuck those guys. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the fake commercials we play <gasps> i mean fake news fake commercials not me what no never on anyway. a comedy station come on now never never so um what kind of <laughs> what what got you started or what was your first experience doing comedy uh so the reason i got into comedy uh was because i had a big fear of public speaking and I'm like, I got to get over this. I got to work through this. This is holding me back in a variety of ways. How do I get past this? And like, you know, I was looking at different ways, like Toastmasters or whatever. And then I'm like, no, I want to, I want to dive into the deep end. I'm going to go for stand up comedy. Um, You're going to conquer that fear. Yeah, I'm going to own it. Yeah, I'm not. Now, is it because you had to do something? <laughs> like, you had to do some sort of public speaking and you... It was to the point where, like, even at meetings at work, like, I was really hesitant to speak up um, and just talk. Created fear, anxiety, and just... All the above. And then after you got out of there, kicking yourself in the ass. Yeah, right. Most of the time, especially when right. you can't speak up. So now right, when right. I speak, it's funny because when I speak my mind now, people look at me, they get really, their eyes get big. All of a sudden they're like, ooh, <laughs> wow. You just shared your, your inner thoughts, didn't you? And I'm like, yes, I did. Yeah. Because yeah. you're going to know how I feel. Yeah. You know? Um, 
and, it, and it's and it's borderline sometimes with relationships um especially having no filter i know that um most comedians can speak for that um Cody was speaking about um, it all comes from a place of doom and gloom. A lot of it does, but a lot of it comes from um, kind of like self-coping mechanisms. For sure. Yeah. A lot of it comes from like negativity. Like how do I restructure this negativity in a way that like I can communicate it with people and they enjoy it and we all laugh, you know, it's, it's how do you repackage it, repackage it, shine it up. It's almost like polishing it up for, and serving it out to them. So it's, um, almost more palatable yeah you, you we can take subjects that are really dark and dreary you yeah. know they say some of the best comedy is so close to tragedy that's why it walks that really you know that razor line razor thin line um and that's what makes it so impactful mm -hmm. i guess totally um so what was actually the first time you walked on stage? I mean, what was I? I signed up at the uh, San Francisco Comedy College. I'm sure you. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Curtis the Comedy College. Yeah, I think like everybody comes through there at some a lot, point. There's a lot of comedians, and it used to get well. It's had mixed reviews. I've heard people bash it. I've heard people say, okay, whatever. I think any education is fine. Yeah. I don't think you should hang your hat on. I don't think you should be green to the scene go through there and think that just because i've graduated from there i've i've now become a full-fledged doctor ready to do brain surgery on stage comedian no absolutely not yeah. right yeah. and so long as you don't have that as long as you take it in consider can in consideration that hey this is just education i'm adding it to what i've already my knowledge i've already known um uh, plus the knowledge i'm gonna gain over the time that i'm gonna be on stage you know yeah. i call it flight time yeah uh, it's time in the air yeah. how, how long can you keep it up without the viagra basically and so <laughs> but but that's what it is and yeah. and, and you got to have some sort of control and so um well, that's cool. That's good. No, I, I like the comedy college. It's fine. Like I yeah. said, as long as you don't hang your hat on any one given thing. Right. Um, but knowledge is key. So you came through there. Um, and then they kind of, one thing about the comedy college is they will kind of at least put your foot in the door and kind of tell you where to get stage time. Yes, they, they create them. stage time for you, not only on premises, but they create stage time at nearby venues um, in the North Beach area. Right. Most of the time it used to be like places like the Purple Onion and stuff. Now it's like uh, Purple Onion of Kells and right. stuff like that. Um, but uh, they do that. They also... Um, kind of introduce you how to get that information that you know if i was to really take somebody if i had just let's say i went to an open mic tonight and i meet a comedian that never had done have ever been to an open mic before he's new to the scene doesn't know anybody and i was to talk to him and i'd go hey can i save you a year off your learning come over tomorrow let's talk for an hour hour and a half and i bet you i can really just start taking notes mm -hmm. and it would be all just kind of silly stupid stuff kind of like the comedy college gives you like where do i get stage time how do you acquire it what is open mic etiquette mm -hmm. um how to uh self-promote yourself and get showcases how to build a set how to write write a joke from the punchline backwards how to you know there's just a 
uh, so many things that I can throw in this uh, grab bag of comedy that um, would just be so helpful to people, even just open mic etiquette. I can't tell you how many uh, new people to the scene don't understand exactly what everything means. Yeah. Um, where to get that open mic? Oh, <laughs> go ahead. Tap hard. I want to see it. I don't see it. You're not lighting up at all. Give me another one. We're good. I was waiting for Mike to input a little bit there. Spiegelman wanted to say something. There you go. Go ahead. What do you got to say, Mike? About open mic etiquette? Yeah, absolutely. So, Mike Spiegelman is not only the host of Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie here on uh, on YouTube, on on here on Mutiny Radio, but he also has been a producer for... How long have you been producing shows here in the Bay? Uh, 20 years. 20 years? Yeah, I started in the 90s. I would just say, uh, open mic etiquette, uh, there's no such thing as a soundproof greeting room at any of these open mics. Uh, everybody is coming to a location. You didn't come here to spoil it for anyone else. If you have a conversation, keep it outside. There's no space whatsoever in the theater, whether it's in a green room, a closed room, or behind the stage, or at the bar, that people cannot hear you. They will all hear you. So I would say shut the fuck up. Let the other comedians who came all the way up there do their time without you ruining it. Yeah, and I'm actually one of those people that makes sure that I'm sitting in the audience for the most part. Well, you know, I mean, etiquette-wise, you should stay for at least one comic after you for the full set. You, in you in sh- an open mic setting? You should both. You should let the, other comedian, the next comedian perform, sit and watch the set. And then what about a showcase? Showcase, I would just say out of sight, out of mind. Let, let the producers run the show. If you want to be outside the whole time, that's fine. Uh, but just be ready for your set and not to talk, honestly, uh, during the performance. I was at a show Friday, and there was a really funny comic who was closing. And it was one of those things where I wasn't running the room, so I didn't have to tell him to shut up. But, you know, the only, it's one of those moments where the only time you can't hear a comedian talk during a show is when that comedian's on stage. And, and as a host slash producer, what's your worst nightmare? Well, you know what it is, is that my priority is my show. And on any given night, a comedian's priority is to do as many sets as possible throughout the night. That's their priority. So right. my priority and their priority doesn't match. So if I'm doing a showcase where I booked all the comedians in advance, figured out a set list, an order for all the comedians, and that way if someone's weak, I got them sandwiched, I got someone closing, I got someone who shouldn't be closing, doing doing a good part up time. And what happens is they'll say, well, I'm doing another show, so I'm coming in late. Or I'm, I got to leave because I got another show. Can or, you put me on earlier so I can get out of there? Right. Well, okay. That's great, but you know, the worst. If you want to go early, that's fine. I'll put you on first, and you could do two sets in a row. One of them was first, but you got your hat trick. You got three sets in a night. But if you are like, I'm running late because uh, oh, Starline is running late or something, and then what happens is that there has to be a cutoff point for performers. If there's a 90 minute show, after the hour, that's it. Right. You can't show up 20 minutes before the show and expect to go on for several reasons. Fuck you. <laughs> Showtime was, you know. And that's the number one reason. That's the number and one I've reason. been there. I've been there. There's so many comedians at every level that we see. Okay, again, we were just talking to Cody, and we were talking about different levels of comedians here in the Bay Area. There's 400 plus in the Bay Area. There's everything from, you know, uh, doing their act somewhere in some alleyway to all the way to getting fully booked shows in some of these venues of. 500 plus um but it's funny that how 
how much people don't understand that alone. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, I, I think they're, they have an idea of they got to do their sets and they're working it out. And with an open mic, it's understandable. You, you know, you show up and you do your time and you want to leave. But uh, well, so sometimes it's about quanti- or quality as well as quantity. If you stay at one place, especially if it's a showcase, maybe you're going to get an extra minute or two there if you're uh, staying there and supporting that show and, and really promoting it before you get there. Well, and let's stuff put it like this that. way. If there's a tip jar at the end of the night and it's not one of those producers right. who call you a legend and a staple and then doesn't give you a cut at the door because they keep it to themselves. Right. If, if they're actually doing it, I feel like you should wait till the end of the show. If you really want to get paid, you should wait till the tip jar is done. There should be no Venmo involved. There should be no holding $6.40 for two <laughs> weeks to give it so to you. This out. I actually tried to pay a comedian that was actually an ass Uh at my show so he did a really great set he was awesome uh made the crowd laugh i let him run hella long because he he had the crowd and he was hella funny and he was very nice and cordial to me but then at the end of the night we had a situation where he started sending me messages and pictures and started bashing everyone on the show including myself not realizing he was messaging me Lyle Barrett's. Uh, was, it Lyle, was it Lyle Barrett's? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it sounds oh, no, like I'm not going to go any names, but it's funny because I said, I told the guy, I told him, I, like we were just telling earlier, I'll tell you exactly what the fuck I think of you. They said, oh, I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings. I go, you didn't fucking hurt my feelings. I, I don't know you were shit. Um, I'm worried about the other comics that you're bashing on the show and what the how in the fuck you treat people and how yeah. two-faced you are. Right. And uh, so let me know your email address so I can send you your Venmo or PayPal payment. And I, I never want to talk to you. He goes, oh, you should block me. And I go, no, I want to take care of business. And then I never want to talk to you again. He blocked me. After you I him. went back to go. I go, what's his email anyway? And went back, and those messages are there, but I can't click on his thing. His his um, his profile is no longer there. Yeah, well, that's fine. You know, I had a comedian who, well, I think it's what it is, is a comedian's crave an audience, right? But what? who is your audience? An actual audience? Uh, fellow comedians? Or your own inner monologue blog diary? You know, I had a comedian who wrote a, a very damning blog about my show, uh, First off, prefacing about a performance at an open mic and then segue into my show and how uh, she, she, it was an awful set. And I really thought I was going to lose the room. So, but she got the final room. She got the final word, you know, because she, she told me, like, she complained to me. She told me on stage, I want to talk to you after the show. And then she, she spent 20 minutes complaining to me. She posted something on my Facebook three in the morning showing the original set. And then uh, she wrote a long blog. So she got the final word on it. But What's your what's her audience? Was she telling fellow comedians to stay away from me? Was she telling audience members that this is the state of the earth? Right. State of the, but it's like it sounds like you you're disrespecting both the audience and the comedians in a way that like do you really like what's your point? I don't I don't uh, anyway. So do you ever get to the point where you say fuck it all? I don't want to produce any more shows. I just want to be able to just uh, well, do my own out. stage time and fuck everyone else. Yeah, I mean if you get brought up and this guy runs a show on blank. This guy runs a show on Wednesdays. Uh, this guy has a great show on Thursdays. No one gives a shit. Just bring me up as a comedian. You know, there's no reason to, to just call me comedian and then bring me on. Because that's why I'm on the showcase as a comedian. Jeff, how does this sound? I mean, Jeff, how's have that you ever vitriol? produced any shows? No. And this is like the kind of thing that makes me not want to produce shows. This is why I'm sticking strictly so to So a lot uh, of us get it caught into the track. Like you said, you've been doing yeah. it for 20 years. You probably fell into the trap as I did that, hey, we needed to invent more stage time. No, I just invent more stage time for me. 
Well, that's what I meant. Yeah. I, I, we, I wanted to invent more stage time for me. I was doing, you know, at one point in the beginning of my career a decade ago, I was doing like five open mics here in uh, San Francisco, but also uh, working a full-time job and uh, also uh, living on the peninsula. So a lot of my life was just sucked up and being uh, full-time parents, it, it, one of full one of two full-time parents for four kids was just you know it's just a lot of stuff to do but it it, it happens uh, sometimes you just want to be able to work smart not hard i guess so if yeah. the less mileage you're making or the less stops you have to make if you get more stage time i mean if you're producing a show that's a couple hours long i remember some of the shows that we were doing on the tenderloin early on were just what spaces Huh? What were the spaces in the like tunnel? like eight hundred Larkin or Nick's Crispy Tacos or yeah. even uh, the Tommy T's that was up for a while? We did a show for ten months there. And oh yeah, what what night Monday? It I was did the Tuesdays. Monday. Tuesdays, yeah. And so, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Wednesdays. And so that was from like seven to nine thirty, and then I'm taking a bicycle all the way down to Bart or all the way down to the train, and then going all the way home. And I might have had a drink or two. Did something bad happen? No, I just might have had a drink or two, and you're going straight <laughs> down a hill on a 10-speed bike with, you know, paper-thin tires, and woohoo! I hope I make it to the train on time because the last one leaves at 12.01. Yeah. And I've arrived there at 12.02 before, and believe it or not, they don't stick around. You know, I, I'm all for producing rooms. I think that you, you don't have to host it. My problem is I always wind up hosting the shows. And uh, the very last second before the show starts, my head is, is in, not in the game. It's, it's more making sure the, the show starts and all the pieces are in place. So when I actually do my stand-up as a host, I have to kind of change it around because I'm not as prepared as if I was sitting there with my set waiting for my turn. So uh, if you run a room, just maybe not have you host all the time. Give yourself a good spot. Yeah, you uh, got to get a good guest yeah. host or uh, maybe not just one so somebody tries to take over your spot that's another thing i i love comics but i also watch my back every time i deal with a comedian i was well, like know, i got one eye open i sleep with one eye open yeah <laughs> and so i don't trust anyone with the keys to the kingdom but you know uh having guest host definitely helps it keeps it fresh and also gets you to be able to do a regular set and not have to stress on everything right yeah and so you kind of get the night off. So, all right. How do we keep up with everything that you do? I know it's luggage Tuesdays. Tell us where to keep up with everything. Mike speaks. Well, do. Uh, I would love for you guys to listen to my podcast is if you're listening to this live uh, on the streaming, I'm the show following Paul's, but it's L W A F L M O Y T. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube. They are. It's on iTunes as L W A F L M O Y T. And later today, I'll tell you what the movie is. When, okay. with, when Patrick's on the phone. But 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 what about your uh, website for all oh, your comedy? And so stuff you can you check out uh, Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube.blogspot.com. Uh, Luggage Tuesdays is a site with a lot of links and, and shows. And I'm Spiegel Mania on uh, all the social media. So uh, yeah, that's how you can find me. There you go. Right on. Um, thanks, Mike. And then, Jeff, give one more shout-out where we can catch you. I'm going to go and do a break uh, for Patrick Carlin. I want to do the 420 shout-out. Oh, well, actually, I'm looking at this clock. Why don't we ever change this clock on this computer, Mike? I just put on a browser, time.is. I noticed that. It, you, you go to, like, time.com or something? Time.is. It tells me the exact time. Time.is. Yeah. Because that's what it is. Yeah, time is. And then I don't have to rely on the uh, studio's computers. No, 
bus. Shit, yeah. because every time I look at this, I'm like, I feel like I'm running it's, late. It's, it says it's 1998. There's something wrong with it. <laughs> There's something <laughs> wrong with it. It needs it. What it needs is a new internal battery. We can crack it open, put the little watch battery into it, set the clock, and we'll call it a day. Or get a new computer. Or get a new computer. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I won't even go there. I, I've already got mine going. All right, so, um, and you won't tell us what the movie is, so you guys, uh, how do you keep an it's, asshole it's, in suspense? We'll find out soon. It's National Lampoon's Golf Punks. I just, Golf Punks? Yeah, with, with Tom Lampoon's. Arnold. We talked about this before. How many fucking National Lampoon movies are there? I swear, every time do they're you know on YouTube. Do you know a number? Yeah, there's about... Uh, there's about... There's about... Well, there's there's the canon ones, the ones that everyone goes to, whether it's... But then beyond that, there's some second-tier ones. But beyond that, there's blockbuster movies uh, that fill the shelves. Yeah, everything from directly to Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think even <laughs> Netflix has any of them. All the way to Animal House, greatest movie of all time. Greatest movie of all time. Uh, you got Vacation, you got Van Wilder, you have... Uh, that's it. A senior Trip. And then, then you just got directly Golf Punks, Gold Dig. Uh, wasn't there another movie. Van Wilder like Taj's Revenge or something like that? Yeah, and that hit the theater. That was such. I haven't seen that it. That sucked balls. Yeah. Well, it didn't so. even have. I don't know. I, I just refused to see it. Just I love the title Van Wilder because that was the first taste we had of uh, what was it? Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. If you didn't watch two guys, a girl in a pizza place. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And I didn't. All right. <laughs> so there well, you he's go. been around. Ryan Reynolds has always been around. I just never noticed him. Yeah, no, yeah. he's funny. And there was somebody else in that movie that I was trying to remember. But anyway. Oh, it's uh, we, Cal, we, Cal Penn, right? Right, Cal Penn. But there was some other, the girl, I'm trying to remember that girl, oh, Tara oh, I Banks. Remember. Tara, Tara Reed. Tara Reed, yeah, not yeah. Banks. Tara Reed. And then there's somebody else that's like, it's like their first movie in there, I want to say too, but I can't remember who it was. But I was it like, was oh, Meryl oh. Markle. Huh? Meryl Markle? Sure. Yeah. The, the the princess the princess that was her first movie okay that's what it was that's what it was megan markle yeah good old megan markle all right guys um are we getting any closer who knows i think we're getting there uh yes we are we're gonna go into a musical break we'll come back with the 420 shout out with patrick carlin after this uh we still got mike christine and jeff in studio so yeah. don't go away Okay. I seen your picture. Your name and lots of love. This is your big. Thank you. 
All right, guys, you know what time it is. It is 420 on the right coast, and as far as I'm concerned, it is 420 on the left coast. Usually joining us live from WDST in upstate New York, but right now he's somewhere in the deep, deep woods in the old Stoner Cafe. Give it up for our boy, Patrick Carlin, everyone. How's hey, what's up, buddy? Up there? I'm blowing smoke rings, man. You're blowing smoke rings. What's what's the flavor you savor today, sir? Homegrown, baby. Homegrown. Yeah, and it's perfect. You know, I'm not a connoisseur. I just like to get loaded. If it gets me high, I don't give a shit what its name is. <laughs> well, that's good. Are you you rolling? You rolled yourself a little pinner, or are you smoking a roach? I stay with pinners. I stay with pinners, and then I got like a little, uh, it gets down to where, and the roaches are great. It's, it's really nice stuff these guys are growing. I'm impressed with them. Long lasting. I mean, I, all day long, I'm writing crazy shit, man. And you got your little jar of roaches right there, right? Yeah, right there. Right next to the radio. Yeah. <laughs> so what's going on up there, brother? What's going on with you? Well, it's New Year's, and uh, I like that, you know. Well, Happy New Year to you. Yeah, and all you guys, because it's the same old shit, but it's a brand new page. And uh, you get get to, you know, fuck around with it. We get to hit the reset button once again. Yeah, you know what I liked? I liked that girl who, who said motherfucker. Which one's uh, that? And maybe I missed something. You probably caught something I didn't. She's uh, she's one of those new people that got elected. They call her AOC, Alexandria Octavia, someone. Oh yeah, uh, 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 Ocasio. Yeah, they Perez. Had a picture of her doing a you know dancing at Boston College. And but it was a different person. Hold on, uh, we're gonna look it up. We got the people in the booth looking up the facts on this right now. What was it? They said motherfucker. Yeah. She called uh, Trump a motherfucker. Yeah. She said, you know, we're gonna get rid of that motherfucker or some shit like that. And then they come and they they get all uh you know they get all irate because a girl shouldn't be talking like that. That's bullshit. That's total fucking bullshit. That's that's total hypocrisy. I mean, you got a president there talking about grabbing grabbing girls by the pussy for Christ's sakes. What the fuck is that shit? So you know, a sauce for the goose is sauce for the gander. And, it was uh, re- uh, Republican Rashida Tlaib, right? Oh, uh, she's a Democrat. Re- yeah, she's a Democrat. Uh, okay, Rashida Tlaib says yeah, that Congress will impeach motherfucker Trump. Oh, she was the one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry I put it on the other girl, although she'd be happy to own it, I'm sure. Uh, they right. understand these are fucking millennials. These are younger people. These are younger people. This is not Grassley and Orrin fucking Hatch and these fame, you know, old white motherfuckers that, that couldn't get their dick up if they had to, for Christ's sakes. And they're just useless old farts in there, all over 70 and shit like that. Uh, who, what the, get the fuck out of the way, man, and let these younger people get in there and say, wait a minute, you're a lying motherfucker. That's the way they should talk in those, they should talk that way. You know, fuck you, you asshole, that's a shitty law, you prick. And uh, I, I think the people would like it better. 
Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, exactly. She was a Democrat, Michigan Democrat, uh, became the first Palestinian American woman in Congress on January yeah, 3rd. Yeah, to me, that's what she was. Yeah, that was her name. A hard one for me to spell because he left out a vowel somewhere. And, I, and I'm probably mispronouncing it, but, you know, I, I just Doesn't want to make matter. sure we give her, give her her props where they're due, right? If you want me to pronounce your name right, shorten it up and make it something like uh, Chuck Meat. <laughs> Chuck me. You know, then I'll get your name right every fucking time. Half the time, I don't know people's last names. Honest to God, I just I, I get on a first name basis with them, and then I get surprised maybe a couple of years later when I find out what whatever the hell their last name is, because I don't you know it's uh, I don't take shit too serious. No, you got to keep it real, right? And you keep it on that same level. You know, you, you can't put anybody up on a pedestal or treat anyone oh, beneath God, you. Oh, God, I love those. Yeah, on a pedestal. Do you know who I am? <laughs> my favorite phrase. Yeah, my matter favorite. of fact, I fucking do. Get the fuck out of my way. Yeah, I know who you are. That's why I don't give a fuck, man. Right. You know, I just fucking love it. I love it. I've heard uh, about your ass. Stay the fuck out yeah, of my way. We all we all know who you are. That's why we're pissing in your salad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we remember you from last time, you fucking scumbag. Of course I know who you are. And they keep regenerating themselves. And it's funny because you find about 30% of assholes in your midst. It seems like a consistent percentage of assholes is about the 30% range. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're always going to have it. And uh, you have to deal with them, man. You treat an asshole like an asshole, and you treat a fucking real person like a real person, and you'll never go wrong. No, I, I agree. I agree. And, you know, it's, there is something to be said about, you know, keeping your distance. Once you find out one of these people, you and I have talked about this. We can smell bullshit a mile away. Yeah. And, and, and as soon as you smell that bullshit, I just usually go, okay, well, here it comes. But I, yeah. I'd rather just take the other road and just oh, get yeah. away from them. Yeah. Just detour. Excuse me, please. I got to go take a shit. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's going to be more of a use of my time than dealing with you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, from, you know. From one it's, asshole uh, to another. Yeah, from one <laughs> asshole to another, Jeff says. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I never... Uh, I, I've been, I was making a list the other day of different things I've been called, and asshole was right up top. You know, uh, I've had, I, you know, officers and uh, different employers or supervisors and shit like that, you know. And uh, sometimes being called an asshole by the right person is a, uh, you know, it's an accolade. <laughs> it's hard to hear the yeah. truth. Yeah, yeah, so that's one of the top three adjectives that you've been described as? Oh, I've been, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, fucking asshole, misfit, non you know. Nonconformist? Uh, Were you going to just say nonconformist? <laughs> Malcontent, defiant, <laughs> contrary. Those were ones from first and second grade. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck. Piece of shit. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, oh, God. Uh, I'm one guy, I hate so many things about you, Carlin, that I don't know where to begin. But the thing that I hate worst is your I don't give a shit attitude. <laughs> That one, I was so happy with that one, man. That was back when I was only 19 or 20 years old. But, I mean, I was an asshole younger than that. I was an asshole when I was a tiny dude. And uh, you do it automatically, you know. 
you just picture any little kid in the world who's about three and a half years old going down in the elevator with his mother and uh, the la- a nice lady pats him on the head and says, what a nice little boy, what is your name? 99 out of 100 fucking kids would say Jimmy or Janie or whatever, you know. Only the assholes would say son of a bitch. And uh, that was me. I said, son of a bitch. And then to make sure that they understood I was an asshole, when my mother tried to cop out and say, oh, you know, he hears that from the, the men in the street, the garbage men and all. I said, my father says that all the time. So fuck you on covering up for me, mom. And that's being an asshole. And uh, I excelled at it. I excelled at it. That's, it just comes natural. Well, yeah, because you just didn't want to have to follow the rest of the lemmings off the cliff, right? Uh, I, I, I wouldn't have been with those motherfuckers at, at, at all. I don't like that shit. I like that. I was telling, uh, talking to Marlene this morning, I said, if I had to come back as a fucking dog, man, it would be a wolf. Yeah, I don't want to hear about any other fucking dog because they all came off of the wolf anyway. And the wolf has a kind of a nice way they do. They get a certain pack. They don't let it get too fucking large. They got couple of the real hunters and they they all work together. That's a good outfit, see, and they're not a herd. They're a pack. They're a pack. And the problem with people is most of them are with the herd. Moving with the herd. Moving with what are we doing? Where are we going? Oh, we've always done it that way. Oh, well, that's how we do it. You know, well, please go fuck yourself because I feel like just sitting right here and leaning against this tree and I'll catch up with you assholes later. You know, that's that. So you don't fit in. Fuck them. Well, it's kind of almost a, a badge of passage. It's not like you weren't one of the hip kids on the corner. Oh, fuck, what, are you serious? I, I declared myself cool when I was 11 years old in 7th grade. I came home and said, I'm cool. And that was that. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, got it. I, am, uh, I was never uh, shy or nice or anything like that. You know, I'd, uh, I'd just come out and fucking say it and do it. And, uh, and just, uh, you know, I'm just, like, asshole is a good word for me. It's, it's a pretty good word. In fact, I wrote it about myself. I said, when you hear, I hear what I, when I, when I did a little scribbling this morning. I scribble now and then. Right. And I said, I don't question luck. I try to follow, oh, I try to follow clues she lays out for me. When you are 87 years old and you've been an asshole for as far back as you can remember to about age three and a half, then you, and you're still around, that is called luck. And I feel that asking any more of her would be greedy. So I just take it like it comes. And the funny thing about luck, and all you guys and girls and men and women and everybody, you all have to realize that sometimes luck comes with, it opens up like it's gonna be a bummer. But but because that bummer was going down and you were in that particular place, 
you met the guy who was selling genuine $20 bills for a dollar, you know? Right, I'm thinking speaking out and and being that, you know, to use that phrase again, nonconformist or just being of your own mind, just being, you know, being yourself. I'm guessing it's gotten you in trouble in some times, and I'm thinking it's maybe gotten you in a better place than you were previously at times. You're on the money. You're on the money, Paul. Yeah, really. Because that's exactly how it works, man. Well, you got to take being, a chance, right? You, you're just being yourself. You're just being your fucking self. And and people will, of a similar thing, they'll, they'll just make sure that everything is good for you. Because Jesus Christ, man, you don't give a shit about that guy. He's a fucking captain. You know, fuck a captain. So? You know, like when I told that guy who tried to cut the water line ahead of me. After me, motherfucker. And this guy says to me, hey, that's Lefty. He's a big pitcher on the varsity team. I said, well, fuck Lefty. You know, you don't cut in front of Patrick. I don't give a fuck who the fuck you are. And uh, that attitude prevails. And it, 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 it shows itself not always as blatantly as that. It just shows itself like when you're in the when you're in the room where the, they're playing the records and all that shit, you know, like at the station. They got a big sign there that says no beverages. I think, what are you fucking crazy? I'm drinking a black coffee while I'm on the fucking microphone sitting there. No, be- that's a no beverage sign. That's that's fucking cool by me, but it doesn't mean I'm not going to drink a beverage. Every fucking bar in New York City had a, a sign no dancing allowed because it was some kind of a New York State law. Huh? And uh, shit. What year was you this? Can't, Wait, you can't, what, you, what? what year was this? Uh, it was meaningless. Do you think any people in the bars that we hung in didn't dance? When was because that? Of, that was in New York City. What year? Oh no, it wasn't. It wasn't like a blue law. It was just a thing that had to be in there because if you served alcohol and something else, you couldn't have dancing. It was one of those. So they had to put a sign up, just like they had to have food if they were going to be a bar. They had to be able to serve you a sandwich. That doesn't still happen now, though, right? <laughs> I doubt. I doubt it, Christine. Oh my goodness! I, but, I, but I hope it does because because <laughs> the law and rules and shit are totally fucking meaningless in New York City. I don't know about any other city, but I know in New York City, you tell someone something's against the law, and they just they fucking don't even hear you. Hey, what are you fucking nuts? What are you talking about? Fuck you. Well, when they're that ridiculous, how can you follow it? Oh, of course, yeah. And what they used to have for a sandwich, they'd have just an old couple of pieces of bread with a a slice of ham like you'd get in the deli in it, you know, and wrapped in wax paper. So that proved that you had food to serve as well as just being a bar, you know. Uh, (laughs) People are great with fucking rules. uh, The the rules makers, and they always look like that. The reason that they're so stereotypical is because they're tight people. And the people like yourself, Christine and Paul, and uh, it's... uh, uh, it's a different way. It doesn't affect you. I mean, I could, I could tell you rules. You fucking, you just fucking ignore them like I do. So, and that's why I missed the man's name that you said. You said Jesse or something, and I wanted to hear it better of the comedian that's there. Jeff. 
Jess? Jeff. Jeff. F. F. Frank. Frank. Oh, F. Okay, Jeff. All right. Listen, man. You know this is all shit that I'm sure you talk about all the time, man. Don't you? Rules. I got a complicated relationship with rules. I don't. I don't know. I. I, I mean, like, uh, stupid rules drive me fucking nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, um, and like you know, they say. Uh, probably, if, you know, if you've ever been sent to the shrink and shit, like happens occasionally, if you're really, truly all fucked up, uh, <laughs> they, uh, they, they're very, uh, they're very, they don't care much about whether you care about rules or not, as, as long as you're getting by, you know, and because so many rules are meaningless. The Mark Twain, I saw a beautiful thing when I was out. And a guy had a, 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 a nice board up on his study or den or whatever the fuck they call it. And it was Mark Twain's 10 things to have a happy life or something. And the number one one was break rules. Break the fucking rules, man. Because uh, they're, uh, they're only there to impede joy. And you, and you got to know which are the real rules and which ones are bullshit. And you only find oh, that out. Oh, yeah, Jeff. You only oh, find yeah. that out by breaking yeah. them. Like, not I, all rules are bad. You got a, a very basic rule. Don't shit in your mess, kid. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that, to me, that's a good rule. That's, and <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I think know, they're only made to yeah. keep the lemmings in I, line. I think I'm going to... Yeah, tr- let the real people get rid of the say No smoking in the gunpowder shit. <laughs> like, I can dig. It. Right. Those, I can dig it. Those kind of rules, yeah, I, I'm going to trust those ones. Don't shit in your mess kit. I can trust that one. I don't need to try that one to That's right. That's good right. Com- you know common that? sense it's, says this rule This rule applies to me, and I should yeah. follow this rule. <laughs> and the rules make themselves, you know. Yeah. It's going down a dark street late at night. Have a gun or a knife on board. Uh, basic thought that you would do you know that's it bad shit split the scene split the scene whole lot of whole lot of people big crowd forming cops marching in in uh, you know groups of eight or ten go home and have a bologna sandwich watch it on the news there (laughs) yeah Fucking, you know, common sense shit. Should I walk home through the park or should I kind of stay on Broadway? It's four o'clock in the fucking morning. You know, think a little bit. Be aware. Take those fucking plugs out of your fucking ears and look around when you're walking and say, why is this burly fuck looking at me and turning every corner that I turn? Perhaps I better get ready to turn suddenly. You know, and uh, just be aware, and the, the rules will take care of themselves, you know, like that. Yeah, you just be aware of your surroundings and, you oh. know, treat people the way you want to be treated, and life oh, would work absolutely. just fine. Yeah, good for you, Christine. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And talk to people. And I don't know about eye contact. I make eye contact with everyone. I make eye contact with the motherfuckers that are mumbling. It'll probably get me killed some fucking day. But I, I still nod at them, you know, and say, what's happening, man? And and move along. Uh, eye contact s- is a, it's a good thing. Uh, I'm softening know, people up in my office building. 
Because I do the yeah. same thing. I walk by them in the morning. And I'm like, good morning, and they have oh, to yeah. look. They they have to look up because I'm like, good morning. Yeah, <laughs> good for you, Christine. No, good for you because it, it shows that you're relaxed and you don't give a shit, man. You know, and 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 that's the that's the coolest thing, and especially if you're in strange surroundings or something, and and, you know, they, and people see that you're at home, you know. Yeah, you know, and we have no we have yeah. no intention of leaving our building. So I like to know all the people in our building. Oh, absolutely, because it's like a family. It, it always was in the neighborhood where we lived. They were all the six-story houses. Some had elevators. Some were walk-ups. They were they were built in 1905. One of my buddies out in uh, California has got a book that tells all about it. And 519 on 21st Street, where I grew up, was built in 1905. And we moved in there in 1941. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, man, you became a part of the neighborhood. You all hung out together. You hung on the corners together. You knew each other's sisters and brothers and all. You know, there was no fucking bullshit going on. I mean, that was the 30s and 40s were very basic decades. Everybody you know was working class everybody was out of work and just slowly getting back to it because franklin delano roosevelt's wife eleanor had a lot of soul and she saw the slums in new york and she said you know rich motherfuckers like us ought to do something to help the poor and got social going and shit like that so you know, it's all about having soul and not being afraid to share. And you got these greedy, grubby, top 1% motherfuckers that are grabbing it all and uh, don't care about those underneath. And it's going to boil up. It, it will boil up because uh, revolution doesn't come with a warning. Ah! <laughs> Yell fire, Sergio. Uh, Yell fire, Michael Fronte. Yeah, and Spearhead. That's your people. That's Frisco. Yeah, he's out here in Frisco, and you've introduced him up there at the jam, right? Oh, yeah, man. Ganja Baby. That's another great tune of his. This whole fucking band is cool and all. And uh, it's all about reefer, and it's all about brotherhood. And you're either a worker or you're a a fucking, uh, you're up there, you know, taking it all. You know, one percent. The one percenters used to be a good number. The one percenters was what those mealy mouth fuckers like Grassley and Hatch and them would say, well, that's just the 1% of the motorcyclers who give a bad name to motorcycling. No, they're not. No, they're not 1%. These are guys that just say, fuck you. And this is it. And they live their way and they live their code. And, uh, you got no trouble with people who are living their code as long as you ain't out to fuck no one. By the way, we're playing a little bit of Ganja Baby from Michael Fronte in the background. What's that? I said we were playing a little bit of uh, Michael Fronte in the background, so. Yell fire? (laughs) No, Ganja Baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, Ganja Baby. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Boy, is that, a, is that a brotherhood thing? It is, it is. It oh, is. shit, yeah, man. You know, God damn, just bite one up and everybody's a brother and a sister. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you got planned for the new year now that you've hit that reset button? What do you got planned for the new year? 
Oh, I, I don't make resolutions and shit, but I have things I'd like to see happen. Like goals, right? I'm glad you asked that. What's and on the, the things vision I'd board? like to see happen, I, I wrote it down on a little piece of paper. January 1st, I sat down, and I was taking a smoke, and I wrote, I wrote, uh, list... List nicknames and things I've been called. Dean of Empathy, Street Philosopher, Hardcore, Idiot, Asshole. Uh, all right, that's the old stoner. Jobs I've had, so I put it down here. I said, what things I'd like to see. I'd like to see Quinn's Bar and Grill get a real fucking uh, legitimate uh, literary agent to get it picked up by a real, you know, Simon and Schuster or someone like that. Uh, that's what I would like to see. Now, that's not a resolution, and it's not anything I fucking wish for, because I don't believe in wishing, because I'll tell you something about wishing. I'll tell you what my old granddaddy told me about wishing. He said, Junior, you wish in one hand and shit in the other, and tell me which hand gets filled up first. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> yeah, we were a nice, realistic family. My Uncle Frank used to tell my brother, he'd say, you better eat your celery, Georgie. It'll put muscles in your shit. Isn't that nice? <laughs> and to grow up with, I like to grow up with people that, uh, you know, know how to put things. And uh, they were they were great uncles and everything. There you anyway, go. Anyway, I uh, worldly advice, up. worldly advice to live by. Oh yeah, I'd like to see that. Uh, I'd like to see that happen for my for my story. You know, Quinn's Barn Grill because I got people who've read the manuscript and shit. Yeah, I've and read it, it and it's and it's great and it should be out there in some kind of. Oh, it's I, a trip, right? Yeah. Oh, I'm glad you did because it's a it's really out there. And uh, it's it's still it's a stoner thing all the way, man. These are our kind of people. Well, so, when you walk into the bar, when you walk into Quinn's, it feels like you've walked into a time portal into somewhere in like the the late seventies. That's what it is. They're waiting for the steel ball to swing in nineteen seventy eight. January 78, and it's 77, and you got their adventures in there. There's seven short stories in the fucking thing. I got so I think someone's going to realize that and, and make it happen. And uh, the other thing I'd like to get done is the Old Stoner Cafe. I want to get that really done as a Sunday morning show, and I want to have it where people uh, can have... If I do it up here in one of the places, they could have little brunch and shit and visit because I meet so many people that should, like you and Jeff should know each other, right? Right. And and Mike should know all of you because you fucking know our shit going on. <laughs> and they just, really, man, because if you can't get, ah, uh, I was watching some noir, I can't think of the names of them right now, but they were fucking beautiful, man. And uh, it was just this weekend. And, oh, Robert Mitchum and Raymond Burr, uh, my kind of woman with Jane Russell and shit. And it, they were, it was just fucking great, man. And uh, oh, the Blue Gardenia was <laughs> It was a hell of a weekend, Mike. And uh, they sound like I'm, great movies. I'm I just happy that that's available and that, and that people enjoy it. So I'd like to see that as a place where people meet people who can help other people, well, not just for a money thing. 
You know Pat- what I mean? You Patrick, bunk into I- someone and they say, oh, shit, yeah, that's how you do this or that. <laughs> so that's going to be things I'd like to see for the year. Other than that, uh, I just want to stay one jump. You know, one jump ahead of the... the Patrick, I'll, t- I'll tell you this. From the last episode I will do, the final movie on the run of my show will be Detour uh, from the oh, 40s. Oh, yeah. The one where the guy's got his suite. All he has to do is go to this place and everything's going to be perfect. And then an hour later, everything's shit. So that's how we're going to oh, end the show. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah! Hey, and oh God, those are great. Those are great. And now, and now that I look at the time, it's perfect time. It's that time of the show where we find out what's on tonight's. It's Let's nas- watch a full National movie. Lampoon's Golf Punks. National Lampoon Golf Punks. So don't go away. Stay tuned. Uh, you don't even have to divert that radio dial. Stay tuned right here to MutinyRadio.fm, or if you're getting it orgasmically or organically in my words uh, <laughs> any way you can do it uh, stay tuned or just record both of these download both of these podcasts but that's what it is um, so no no uh, resolutions just goals and, um, and, and 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 good vibes going forward that's all yeah that's all alright yeah do the best you can man we're all in this leaky old boat together there you go. Um, you know what? It's getting that time, folks. Uh, I want to make sure we go around the table. I want to thank Cody Woods at the beginning of the show. Check out Cody Woods at CodyJWoods.com uh, for all his info. Also, uh, Jeff, thank you for being here, buddy. I My pleasure. It. Yeah, man. I'm happy thank to you. be here. Thank you for hanging out with us. And Patrick, thanks for taking care of the other side of the country for us, dude. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> they're in trouble if they're late with me. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, somebody's got to lead those fuckers i'm telling you now they're all right (laughs) they're all right hey uh you guys keep standing up don't go away we got mike after this and you know what we were talking about being uh not just one of those lemmings that falls the other one off the cliff that you have to strike out and be your own and this is a little something from your little brother and this goes back to a george uh, to a dennis miller interview that he had where he talks a little bit about himself but then he kind of six ways into someone else we might know uh uh-huh. we'll keep talking to you guys next week keep standing up uh next week on the edge folks good night all right man see you later I, I, not only did i serve but i was actually killed in combat <laughs> and i got out early i beat him i screwed him i fucked him out of a year it's a four-year hitch that you're supposed to have and, and then four years in the reserve i got the uh, by the way i'd like to point out the dishonorable discharge does not inform you as to which party was dishonorable, okay? I have my version of this. Uh, I'm exaggerating. I, I didn't get a dishonorable. I got the same discharge Kelly Flynn got, but not for humping. From the same guy? No. no. And, and not even for humping. Hey, if I had known, if I had known in 1957 you could get discharged for humping, hey, I'd have been out a lot quicker. But I got, I got a general discharge under honorable conditions. I had three court-martials. I, uh, my stripes, I went from, you come in as a basic. I went from no stripes to one, to none, to one, to two, to one, to two, to one, to none. And then they let me go. That was my trip. I think they call that trench warfare. Yeah. You move a little they, ahead, they, fall back kept, a little bit. Yes. They kept telling me to get snaps on those chevrons, Carlin. Get snaps. 
But uh, it must have been every, it must have been everything you you had to not question every piece oh, yeah. of bullshit admonition of they gave you. I can't imagine you. Yeah. In, in that setting. I'm going to tell you the three charges for the three different court martials. Uh, insubordination. Oh, of course. Uh, disobeying a lawful order and falling asleep on guard duty. And my brother, God bless him, I patterned myself after my brother. He got, uh, he got a, a court martial for inciting federal troops to riot. Isn't that great? Yeah. He, he, he talked all the radar guys into going over the chow line and beating the shit out of the cooks. So he had his way, I had my way. So the, the Carlin boys, there yeah. was a precedent there yeah. for you yeah. when you came in. A lot of paperwork under that C-A-R-L-I-N. A lot of paperwork. Now that, that's your specific experience. What, what would you say in the overview about the concept of war. I mean, it, it seems war. so, yeah, just... Uh, well, first of all, it, it is great theater. It's great entertainment. I mean, they don't call it the theater of war for nothing, the European theater, the Pacific theater. I know it's a show, and, uh, and I'm here for the show. <laughs> I figured that out a long time ago. You know, philosophers say, why are we here? What is this all about? I'm here for the entertainment. I just like... Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. Asiento. <laughs> Asiento. Take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink. Have delicious tapas and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays. Taco Tuesdays. First Wednesday, live jazz. Live DJs Thursday. Parties. The food is darn good. Special happy hour prices all night long with your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival Ticket, March 1st through 5th. Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They're very nice. Asiento. For a burger, Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including... Why the theme? 
hey, hey. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... Uh, aren't they good? Well, they're... Well, they're chosen by you. Uh, here's his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Michael Spiegelman. A sketch show. We are so... We are so excited. Uh, <laughs> hi, Carl. Hi, Mike. How are you? Good. This is L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T, which is where you can find us on the RSS feed if you're looking for a new podcast. We are also broadcasting live on MutinyRadio.fm, as we do every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And it's spelled right on the flyer. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Our, our new flyer is out, and we are actually listed as L-W-A-F-L-M-O-T-Y. With my test, test, Carl. Yeah, test, test. We're back oh, yeah, in reality. Coming in strong. Did you hear that old episode that we're playing? You could hear Paul in the background. Listen. German is like mirror Beagle. You hear that? That's I Paul. Sound in German. And then I finally I tell him to get the fuck out. <laughs> They're dumb coughs. Anyway, but it's all right. All right, there we go. See? It's all right. Check it out. And you should go to miniradio.fm. Okay. All right, Carl. Test, test. Uh, we are piggybacking at the end of Edge of Insanity podcast to prepare for our live show at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, I have 157 on the clock right now, Carly. Ah, that's the specific Pacific time. Yeah. Hey, always be talking, all right? Oh, yeah. Uh, that's what they taught me in uh, sales school. Always be talking. You know, and then you get married, and it's like the complete opposite message is given. That was so funny. God, I wish that guy would shut up. Test, test, test. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so uh, we'll, uh, at 2 o'clock exactly, I'll, I'll say the date and the episode number, and then I'll say... What's the movie, Carl? And then we'll just play the theme song and we'll start. Okay. What is it? 133 is our episode number? Uh, I think it's, well, I haven't updated the uh, website in two weeks. So (laughs) (laughs) December 16th was episode 132. So I think it's 135. Okay. I believe you. All right. It's 135. 135. Yeah, I got both mics on. One yeah, wooden chair. Mike's on. Mike Spiegelman and Michael Spiegelman. I'm always on, Carl. <laughs> always on. You San Francisco know, ain't big enough for the two of us. No problem. I'll just change to Michael. Oh, I'll leave. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. We're one minute before showtime. I've, I've listened to the movie, most of it, on my commute over. I decided I should check out the movie while I get over while I take the hour commute. <laughs> okay. So I don't know how it ends, but uh, I think I have a guess. You can do it. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say this movie is a real treat for someone who's never seen a movie before. <laughs> You're in for a treat. You'll never guess what will happen. Pictures that move. <laughs> 
I'm going to like it no matter what. Yeah. All right, so we are at uh, 20 seconds, Carl. Tickety-tockety, tickety-tockety, tickety-tockety. Oh, That's tick- what I do all day. <sighs> Stand by. All right, I don't know I need this one right here. Record. We are recording. All right, here we go. It's coming up. What? Oh, shit, you know what I should do? Fuck. What? <laughs> That's a great way to start. Profanity. Well, I did curse. This is a uh, welcome. It's uh because people are animals. Uh, there's but there's like people that just are like um, weird to the point of being offensive. And I'll give you guys like a story about this dude. One of the first times that I was giving a lap dance to this dude, uh, there's like a cardinal rule, and that's don't turn your back on them. Like don't stop looking at them basically because they'll do weird shit. Like pull their dick out, which is what this gentleman did i turned around he (laughs) he pulled his dick out and i was like what are we gonna do with that like what's happening with that he was like you want to touch it and i was like no (laughs) i don't but do you have anything else to say while it's out is there like anything else and he leans in and he goes your tits are so much hotter than my sister's No, I don't want to touch your dick still. (laughs) I still don't want to touch it. And I'll tell you guys, his sister came and picked him up, and he was right. He was not wrong. Uh, I saw her tits through her shirt, and they were way better. Mine are way better. Especially now. Oh, shit. Oh, that reminds me. You guys, I gave myself a promotion recently, which just means that I bought myself a boob job. Or or other people bought me a boob job. And uh, you guys are going to get to see him. How exciting. Let's get a round of applause for my boobs right now. Um, Before I show them to you, I will tell you, I went to the doctor's office, and his office was just covered in crystals, like everywhere, just crystals, like healing crystals, okay? Uh, Not like science crystals. And I can't tell you, like, how disconcerting it is to know that you're about to be cut open by somebody who believes in the healing power of crystals, okay? It's very disconcerting. Uh, you're my. I want my doctor to believe in science. That's what I want. I want you to believe in science. Um, like I believe in crystals. That's fine for me. Like I can do that. You cannot do that. I'm a stripper. That's fine for me. I can believe in whatever the fuck I want. Um, are you guys ready? Let's get a drum roll, please. Going on. You guys are gonna be sad when I pull them out. very polite like (laughs) those are fine I wanted to go natural I didn't want to go with big honkers you know just I want people to be like she didn't have them done you know um oh fuck what was I gonna tell you guys about my tits oh well you know what so my tits were like they looked the exact same they were just small I can't do that without being hot oh my god it's hard (laughs) Uh, they just were smaller, and so I'm not, like, sure how to use tits yet. Like, I have no idea. I don't know what to do. So I just, I mean, there's, like, a fucking game to shake in them, right? Like, now I can do, like, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But before, I was just running around, like, what do you think of these hamburgers, boys? And I'll tell you guys, it fucking worked, because it doesn't matter what you do when you have tits. You can do anything you fucking want, okay? That's what happens. Um... What else do I have for you guys? Oh, um, well, do you guys like orgies? Are you guys in orgies? Wait, before I tell us, how am I doing on time? Um, you 
perfect. Uh, so I'm going to tell you guys, I was at an orgy a little while back and I was having what they call on the streets, mouth to genital relations with this man. And, uh, he was black and he probably still is to this day, <laughs> I'm guessing. And, uh, this lady that invited me, she was white and she came up behind him and slaps him on the back and goes, you make that white girl suck your dick, brother. And that's... <laughs> That's when I realized that the most awkward place to run into a racist is at an orgy. <laughs> For sure. And it was weird because like uh, she called him brother, like I'm pretty sure just because he was black, but she said it like Hulk Hogan. <laughs> which made it super fucking way more racist sounding. Uh, and it's weird, like I think people get like, you know, a little bit or a lot of it more racist when it comes to sex and dating. Like once everyone has their dicks out, it's okay to start saying the N word, which is what this lady did. Uh, I was with, <laughs> I can see myself in the fucking mirror like a monkey scratching my tit right now. It's disgusting. Uh, <laughs> I was with the same dude. We were, uh, we were on the couch and with the same gentleman uh, doing this old thing, just one of these. And I'm gazing across the landscape and I see that white chick uh, getting banged doggy style by the only other black guy that was at the party and her voice rings out fuck me in my white ass and then she called him the n-word now if any of you guys are looking far and wide for the nearest person of color which may not be in this room i don't know uh then you're beginning to understand how i felt at this fucking party <laughs> i had no idea what to do i just fucking looked at the guy behind me and was like <laughs> did you hear what she just said <laughs> I'm really uncomfortable right now I think I have to go Uh, and then I couldn't go home because I was in Tigard, which was a long ways away from my house, and I didn't drive a car, so I had to stay uh, and just hide is what I did. I hid. And uh, this guy, like, to his credit, honestly, what happened after she called him that he just fucking, like, closed his eyes and just shook his head, came slowly to a stop, shook his head, and just fucking kept going <laughs> after that. I've been Wendy Wise. Thank you guys very much. respect uh for strippers they can make that ass clap i have no idea how to do it uh i try but i'm so white that it's a it's like a pol polite golf clap it's like all my ass can do is like it's a slight smattering of applause it can't there's no i have no idea how to i think i do get it in the shoes because it, it gives you the center of gravity so you can drop it like it's hot easier you know, like I think that's what that does is it's the, because in regular shoes, I'm like, ugh, I can't get, but I can go all the way down and almost, oh God, I'm so old. I'm so old, I almost got caught on the ground. Christ, uh, all right. Your next comedian, he's out of Seattle, Washington. He's super funny. Everybody is this year. Uh, you're gonna love him so much. Clap your hands together for Levi Manis. <laughs> Thank you. 
I look like Teen Wolf if he just gave up halfway through his transformation. <laughs> like stage one, fuck this shit. Somebody died at the strip club last night. Yeah. It was a motorboat accident. Uh, you guys, I'm really sorry. I have no idea where the fuck my band is. <laughs> I live my life the same way I was born. By accident. <laughs> and behind Arby's. Whenever I see signs that say employees must wash hands, I always think, thank God I don't have a job. <laughs> I nailed a sponge on my wall over my bed. It's a wet dream catcher. <laughs> gross. <laughs> Can you hold this, please? Thank you. This is my life right now. <laughs> Nuns are weird. <laughs> the best part about diarrhea <laughs> is the cardio. I look like the kid from Home Alone if his parents just never came back. <laughs> I'm publishing a series of fill-in-the-blank suicide notes. <laughs> They're called sad libs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, it can be fun. <laughs> A lot of my friends listen to EDM, but I listen to EDMB. Electronic Dave Matthews Band. <laughs> it's as bad as it sounds. The dad jokes that I like the most are the ones that don't beat me. Oh. 
It hurts to exist. <laughs> Did you know that when your name is Richard, every selfie is a dick pic? <laughs> this is one of the weirdest sets of my life right now. <laughs> I don't even think it's because of the underwear thing either. I've done this before. <laughs> the first time I did it, it was at a private polyamory party, and everyone was naked. And I like wore a tuxedo thong that had like a little bow tie on it and little flappers. Yeah, it's fucking adorable. <laughs> the only reason I didn't wear it tonight was because I'm just passing through town, and I don't want anyone to fall in love with me. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> There's nothing like taking a shit. <sighs> right when you get out of the shower to remind yourself that nothing really matters. I um I want to try something weird with you guys. But I need your help for this. Yo. Somebody once told me the world was get around me. <laughs> That's my favorite thing in the world right now. <laughs> uh, the other day, this guy, he was trying to sell me a coffin. And I said, come on, man. That's the last thing I need. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about that response. <laughs> I want to buy a parrot, and I'm going to teach it to say, I'm only going to say this once. I like it. <laughs> My sex life has its ups and downs because I masturbate on elevators. I invented a new sex position for lesbians. It's called the safety scissor. And it's just like a regular scissor, except for I watch to make sure it's safe. <laughs> I'm having so much fun right now. I went to Walmart and I asked where they keep their suicide supplies. Yeah. And they handed me an application. I'm just going to dig myself into a deeper hole and die. <laughs> when I make breakfast in bed for someone, all I expect in return is a thank you.
I don't need to hear who are you? How'd you get in my home? <laughs> Just eat your fucking frosted flakes. <laughs> this is our home now. <laughs> Most people see black and white pictures, but I see interracial photos. I second guess myself because I don't like odd numbers. My anxiety has OCD with it. I think that when it comes to leading by example, Jesus nails it. I'll take it. <laughs> I'm changing my first name to science in hopes that people will donate their bodies to me when they die. <laughs> it's not what you think, it's just for butt stuff. <laughs> this sets more for me than you guys at this point. <laughs> If Franklin D. Roosevelt had a Twitter account, his first tweet would be, YOLO with polio. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag for wheels. <laughs> I look like I jumped out of a Jumanji box <laughs> and just straight into a heroin den. I just moved down uh, to LA from Seattle because the suicide rate in Seattle is high enough. And since I've been down there, my friends have been asking me, hey, how's LA treating you? I'm like, it's fine, I guess. And I started living in my car. And they're like, whoa, you weren't living in your car before? <laughs> I'm gonna go against my better judgment and do a couple more. <laughs> I hang a sock on my doorknob to let my roommates know I'm fucking the other sock. Uh, before I go, I want to share something personal. Um, I've been making this weird noise when I come, and I have it recorded on my phone. <laughs> I'm so glad that worked. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> like my Stephen Curry socks? I love Stephen Curry so much. He is my spirit animal. Uh, I, he, he really is. And when I've been saying that lately, people are like, that's, that's kind of a racist thing to say. And I'm like, no, no, I actually like, I like worship him. Anyway, anyways, I don't, I don't have any jokes about Stephen Curry. I just really love him. And I love these fucking socks. And I feel like they really de-sexify the whole look. It's like, anyway.
Our, your next comedian is amazing human being. I got the pleasure of listening to her on a podcast this morning, and I've been hearing her jokes all week, and she's super amazing, and I believe that she's, well, we're going to see what she's going to do for us tonight. I'm super excited to announce your last performer. You guys clap wildly for Jenna Vesper! <laughs> everybody Whew. all right by a round of applause who here misses unsolicited dick pics <laughs> or as I like to call them junk mail I like dick pics it's not a very popular opinion to have I know but I like dick pics you know, they're made for you. The guy has to, you know, like, light the boner a certain way. <laughs> he has to stage it. There's usually a theme involved. I'm the only one getting themed dick pics. <laughs> Great. <laughs> you know, it's like, I just, I like them though, you know, but I don't get them as much as I used to. Um, I'm from Portland, and a lot of the men up there, I feel like the reason that I don't get them as much as anymore is that they all, about a year or so ago, found feminism, and now they're too good to send a dick pic, you know? I feel like the dating scene up there has gotten really hard. It's a lot less like a cat and mouse chase, and more like a mouse and mouse cuddle puddle. <laughs> I feel like LinkedIn has become more effective than Tinder, and I don't understand how that's happened. I want to know. I'm just going to start taking my clothes off throughout this. All right. The thing is, I've gotten so desperate for this attention of random dick pics that I now post nudes on Reddit. <laughs> in order to receive the messages of my youth. <laughs> messages like, want some fuck? <laughs> some spelled S-U-M, fuck spelled F-U-K. Or an actual real Tinder message I once received, which was, do you like roses or daisies? Because I want to know what flowers to buy to put on the casket when I murder that pussy. <laughs> First of all, yes. Right? Yes. Second of all, I think we can all agree that lilies are the flower choice in the situation. You thought I was going to say tulips. Be respectful. Third of all, what would my pussy casket look like? <laughs> would it be a little heart-shaped box lined in a soft cotton pink fabric with holes poked in the side so it can breathe? <laughs> or would my pussy casket be boxes strictly regulated by the government on its size, shape, and use? 
and require counseling 48 hours in advance to be viewed. That's, that's an abortion. Wow, do you guys have like so many abortions here? You're just like desensitized to the concept. You've talked about it like 20 times this weekend alone. So I guess that's just a thing. I don't know. I haven't had one, unfortunately. I do think it's interesting. You know when Lena Dunham made that really great statement when she was like, I wish I had had an abortion so I can be like my other feminists. Remember that? <laughs> she got a lot of shit for that one. <laughs> The thing is, I kind of relate to that statement, though. I kind of relate to that statement. I wish I had had an abortion, too, like my mother had had an abortion. Because I'm depressed. Okay, that was a weird suicide joke that no one got. It's all right. Anyway. We can all agree that a pussy funeral is a great idea, though. Back to my original statement. Right? You know? Funeral there gathered by all my friends and loved ones. They're all just like <laughs> We barely knew thee. Or more accurately, loved by many. So many. I cannot stress that enough. Yeah, that's a pretty fun idea. I did have a guy, an older male uh, comic, come up to me after one time doing that set, and he was like, oh my god, that was hilarious. Dead pussies? <laughs> oh, have you thought about adding a queef element to it? I hadn't, because, you know, it doesn't really go with the joke. Thank you. But I wasn't mad. You know, I wasn't upset like most female comics are one to do nowadays. No, I felt honored. A male comedian was telling me, a female comedian, how to better my own joke about my own female anatomy. <laughs> That's right. In that moment, like a Pinocchio situation, I became a real comic. <laughs> True story, I got booked the next day for my first show. It was great. So if you guys want to tell me how to better this set, later, I'm trying to get on Conan. So... <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, don't worry. Um, I do know that I do have stretch marks. Thanks for noticing. Um, I don't like to think of them as stretch marks, though. I like to think of them as uh, worry lines. <laughs> you know, worried that I'm going to die alone. Because <laughs> recently I found out I was fat on the internet. Thank, yeah, a nice gentleman told me. It was really nice of him. Um, it's okay, though. I don't mind being fat because I have a terrible personality. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, so uh, the thing is, uh, I know we've had a lot of fun about this dead pussy joke already, right? Everyone's loving these. <laughs> but I do want to tell you, though, that it's really important that you don't send a dick pic to somebody who's driving. Do not sex and drive. Because that is actually how you murder a pussy. <laughs> oh, fuck, crash, and then you die, you know? Yeah, and that's a PSA. A pussy service announcement. Yep. I did do it. I'm not happy about it, but, but I did do it. Are you guys just, like, really scared of a fat lady being naked? Everyone's real timid. I can only hope that's what it is, and that I'm just not terrible at comedy. Okay. Wow, it's all right. I had a hard time getting here earlier today. I was masturbating a lot. I love to masturbate my day away, especially on vacation. Who doesn't, right? 
Give it up. I love porn. I love porn. I really, the thing is, is I like to watch porn that is really topical. Who doesn't love to watch topical porn, right? Right? It's fun. But there isn't that much that's very topical nowadays. You know? And I feel like I'm, that's like a niche that we're missing. So I, uh, I thought of a new fun um, porno idea. Maybe I, I actually filmed a porno earlier this year. I'm going to do one next year for the Hump Film Festival. Anyone like that? Yes. So I have a new idea for one. Um, I'm going to call it pre-existing condition, but with like three X's. <laughs> and it's going to be this super hot gangbang where this one lady is just getting like super fucked over by the government. <laughs> And it's going to end in this, like, really hot bukkake scene, you know, with a bunch of, like, Paul Ryan-looking motherfuckers just, like, you know, covering her and everything. And they're going to say in unison, see, now you're covered. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I have to move out because I do have a lot of ass. Sexy. Uh, you know, everyone was worried about period strings earlier. I'm just worried about like toilet paper. Um, <laughs> that's a real worry, right? Ladies, hopefully there's none down there. <laughs> it's fine. So uh, I'm gonna, I feel pretty comfortable right now. <laughs> feel pretty comfortable, I'm gonna be honest. So I feel, I'm gonna say something that when I usually tell it on stage, I get a lot of pushback you know, from the audience, but I'm feeling like you guys are, you guys like me, right? Okay, so I'm not going to lose everybody with this one. Okay, we'll see. So, I come too easily. Yeah, there was the pushback I was looking for. Yeah, so I come too easily. That's like a thing that I deal with. That's like a real issue, and a lot of people, I get a lot of pushback. They're like, that sounds like you're bragging, Jenna. And it's like, no, it's actually a curse. It fucking sucks, okay? Because when you fuck dudes half the time and you come too easily, they immediately come because they think it's hot and they've done their work and then they go to sleep. I'm looking at you guys. <laughs> and they were just like... <laughs> and that, that sucks because I'm just like, no, that was the first orgasm, you fucking idiots. There's many more to come. Literally, pun intended. And it's like, I like to look at my orgasms like a like an alcohol tear system, you know? Like, of course, I'll take a free shot of well whiskey. I will take a free well shot of whiskey from all, all of you. I will, I will take a free shot of well whiskey. Yes, no, later, please buy me a shot of whiskey. No, I will, I'll take one, for sure. But I want a top shelf orgasm. I want... Like, uh, I don't know, it's like bullet top shelf? <laughs> I don't even know. Because that's the situation I'm dealing with. Like, I don't even know what a top shelf whiskey is. Okay? I feel like the only way I can, like, combat this issue that I experience is that I'm going to have to start faking not coming. <laughs> A lot of women get accused of faking orgasms. 
I'm gonna be accused of faking not orgasming. <laughs> like, just like, oh, oh, fuck, oh my God. Nowhere close. Uh, No, I didn't come. <laughs> Thank you. You guys have been wonderful. Thank you. Well, we did it, everybody. We took a close off. We had a good time. Uh, clap your hands together for all the comedians you saw today. Hunter Donaldson, Wendy Weiss. Uh, and Levi Manis and Jenna Vesper. I've been Pam Benjamin. Come, we have two more days of the festival, so tell your friends and come back. Uh, the next two days, we actually start at 5 o'clock, so it's going to be from 5 to 10 for the next two days if you guys want to come back. Hope to see everybody again. Have a good night. Yay! <laughs> on a raft without a patter. We'll gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutiny radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutiny radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> my friends out at Mutiny Radio. Jester Cashcock here, giving you my love and regards as well as Mufi's over there. And you know, anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Bamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10. They have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission, where you can laugh off your tushy every Friday for a mere $10. And $10, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with, so to wipe it off for... <laughs> it's in duty, this. 
And if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, don't worry, don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer cottage on the mountain ridge for the kayaks. <laughs> Just go to podcast.pcrcollective.org or mutinyradio.fm podcasts and look for Comedy Clubhouse with a K. You can download it for free. But we'd love to see you every Friday, 8 to 10, down here at Mutiny Radio. Laugh off your tushy and save your life. Because you know what's better than laughter? Well, it's a cash cock, baby. Stolowitz here. Have you ever listened to Labor and Love on Saturday mornings, 10 to noon with Bill Morgan? It's a really excellent show. One of my favorites here at the station. And it's all about service. It might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but we got to serve somebody. And Bill understands the virtue of service as the heart and soul of the labor movement better than a lot of people I know. And it's one of the reasons I love to listen to him. He breaks down socialism, democracy, protest history, workers' news, and the power of unions. Along with that, he serves up an excellent mix of jazz, Latin, gospel, hip-hop, and traditional folk ballads. Great stuff. Check it out. Labor and Love is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Serve somebody. Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. 
San Francisco. If you're looking for some delicious late night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside you can find counter offer, offering you amazing late night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit. It's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini. And creamylicious mac and cheese. You like tacos? They got them. And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads going to come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Blender's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son! Welcome. Bender's Bar and Grill, located at 806 South Van Ness in the Mission District of San Francisco. Your favorite bar with awesome bartenders, rotating local art, and a killer back patio. It's a great place to hang out and play one of their two pool tables or old school pinball machine with a tasty adult beverage. Live music every Saturday for only $5. Bender's brings you face-melting metal and rock and roll. The last Friday of the month, punk rock and schlock delivers super fun karaoke with Aileen. Come on, what's not to like? They even have counter offer inside, frying up the tots with sexy hot burgers for your face. Open every day at 2 p.m. Their happy hour goes till 7 p.m. Bender's is proud to be a sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival because they're an awesome community asset to the dirtbags who keep art alive in the mission. Bender's Bar and Grill. This is Tusha Matters with Mute in the Radio. Big up to the number one station that rule the nation. Give it to me every time. Ah! Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be like in front of an audience? Like other than like squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Well, shoot. From time to time, I've given it a thought or two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> Four ninety nine.
and welcoming open mic, where comedians can get substantial mic time for the mere price of a spot of tea and crumpets. Comedians who remain after their initial sets are invited to perform feats of improvisation and ingenuity in the famous lightning round games, which are guaranteed to delight and entertain. Ah, thinking of these bright young comedians with so much potential and so many drug problems makes me as giddy as a schoolgirl. I haven't had so much fun and giggles since my non-trinary youth at Bumble's Warning School in East Brackenshire, where I danced with Hugh Grant, helped Jason Statham steal an antique shotgun, and took nude photos of Prince Harry, who I must mention was not named appropriately. Sign up in person for your own comedic adventures at 7.30pm, or pre-sign with the host by sending a direct message via social media. If you can't make it out to that den of iniquity known as mutinyradio.fm, listen in live from home, or download the podcast on Apple iTunes under Friends of Mutiny. A smashing time will be had by all. Until next Saturday night at 8pm, cheerio darlings. Hey everybody, you're listening to Not My Show. We're at Bender's and it's fun and we're hanging out uh, here at Counter Offer. Oh, Greg just moved around. He doesn't want to be involved in that. Whatever, it's cool.